Let me first say that South Africa has come a very long way since 1994. Living standards have improved quite significantly, poverty has come down, access to uh, health care and education has improved uh, uh, incredibly, and also social assistance now reaches more than half of uh, South Africa's households. Now let's zoom in on the last five years since uh, the global financial crisis. It's a period in which South Africa's growth was lower than other emerging markets' growth. There were uh, structural problems that have been there for some time, but before the global financial crisis, these were masked by high global growth and high commodity prices, and these problems have now come to the fore. Um, these issues are rigidities in the uh, product and labor market, and more recently, important uh, uh, aspects are structural uh, bottlenecks in infrastructure, for example, electricity and uh, transportation, as well as policy uncertainty, which is constraining especially investment. So unemployment is arguably one of the biggest challenges that the country is facing today. It has been hovering past, I mean, 20% for several years. What can be done about it? Yes, indeed. Uh, as you mentioned, unemployment is the, the key challenge uh, for South Africa. South Africa needs to grow faster and especially create more jobs. The structural policies that I briefly mentioned are indeed essential uh, to get South Africa to grow faster and to create many more jobs for its people and for its growing population and, and labor force. Let me give you three uh, key areas where these structural reforms should focus on. One is product market reform. By that, we mean that uh, there should be greater competition in many sectors of the economy. And that would allow more firms, especially small and medium firms, which is in so many other countries have been the main creators of jobs, to come up and to uh, impart a new dynamism to, to the economy. Another important area is labor market reform. At the moment, the labor market institutions in South Africa are mainly protecting people who have jobs. But those without a job are really priced out of the market. So we need increased flexibility so that uh, people who don't have a job can actually uh, get a job. And another important area is also uh, education. There are what we call skill mismatches, i.e. people don't have the skills that are required by employers. So better education outcomes, more training programs are really important to, again, match people and jobs. The other main challenge that's stalling the country is the sharp social tension. And these are partly due to the issue of unemployment, as we mentioned, but also because of a very high level of income inequality. So are there any policies besides education, for example, that the government could implement to ease those tensions? Yes, as you, as you mentioned, Lika, exactly, we go back to the issues we've just discussed because inequality and income inequality is very much affected by labor income, by unemployment, as well as property income. Um, the government is doing a lot of different things also to ease these social tensions. For example, this framework agreement in mining, which they've been working on, is, is an example of initiatives to ease those very sharp tensions. But in the end, a sustainable solution will come with more jobs. What the country can do is a, is a social bargain. What does that mean? That means that the government, labor firms all come together and bring something to the table uh, so that there can be progress. 
um, the government is plays a very important role because it allows the voice of those outsiders and the outsiders are those without a job outsiders are those small firms that can't really uh, make inroads into the market those firms that don't exist at all so all these interests are currently not very well represented so the government plays a crucial role in representing those interests and in improving a public service delivery so this grand social bargain could work by uh, having firms committing to hiring, having uh, labor committing to wage restraint, having the government make sure that all the interests of the outsiders are represented, and also improving service delivery. But the picture is not all bleak, actually. The report also mentioned that South Africa benefits from a very stable macroeconomic situation. There are some strong bases. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, Lika, you're, you're absolutely right. And um, besides what I mentioned at the beginning in terms of improving living standards, etc., South Africa has developed very strong what we call policy frameworks. What are these? This is commitment to fiscal discipline, um, the commitment to a flexible exchange rate regime, and uh, uh, to a flexible inflation targeting. These strong policy frameworks have delivered indeed good outcomes. You know, we have moderate inflation, we have improving per capita incomes. And, and another important factor that is that debt, though increasing, they're still moderate and balance sheets are quite strong. So this is a, a strong position from which to implement these structural reforms that remain essential to move South Africa's growth to a higher path. Let me just ask you one last question. Are you confident in South Africa's future? South Africa has great potential and uh, some of the skills that are needed to achieve what we are proposing as the social bargain are definitely there because we know how South Africa has come to this democratic country that it has. So indeed, it does have all the ingredients to succeed. Now it's the time to put it all together and to work together to move to a better future.